You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And bellying up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. This is Socks in the Basement. For fans, by fans, 30 minutes of socks brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Their whole job is to keep water out of your home, to protect your foundation, and they do everything. Bowing walls. And you got to take care of the window wells. And you got seepage coming in. Anything that has to do with your foundation, Family Waterproofing Solutions wants to help you out. They're going to take care of it. They're going to give you a great price. They give you an even better price if you mention Socks in the Basement. They were named in 2021 by the Daily Southtown, one of the Southtown's best. I'm sure it'll be the same in 2022. Family veteran-owned and operated since 2013. Give them a call anytime, 24-7 at 708-330-4466 or check out what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. And... One of the things that was asked of me, Ed, uh, this week, the most. It was asked yeah. of me the most, and including Ken over at Family Waterproofing. What the hell are you guys going to talk about when they shut down baseball? When they delayed a start of the Major League season, what are you guys going to talk about on the show? And I go back and forth uh, between just angry rantings for 30 minutes about how much I hate Major League Baseball for what they're doing. Like, get all of the anger that I had in 94, but I was a teenager and didn't have a microphone or a way to express my anger to anybody except for people that were standing, you know, close to me. Like, finally let it all out and just yell about it week after week after week. Or I've got to find an alternative. So that's something we're going to have to talk about today on the show because I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do once these people screw this up and they delay the start of Major League Baseball, something that I thought was unfathomable just a few months ago. But I mean, by and large, that's what everybody, you know, everybody who cares about baseball is at a point of just sitting there going, what are we supposed to do with this? What are we supposed to do with money that we set aside to go watch games? What are we supposed to do with time that we set aside to be baseball fans this summer and this spring? What are we supposed to do with the lack of any information coming out other than the players are mad at the owners, the owners are mad at the players, and the two sides are still far apart. Because that, if you boil down the news, that's all it is. Right. And late last night, Ed, they tried to make it seem like something was happening. The reason this episode came out late on a Tuesday instead of being available when you woke up in the morning is because last night, Major League Baseball put on a propaganda press that you have to be impressed with. Vladimir Putin is impressed with the propaganda machine that is MLB. It started with Bob Nightingale, a guy who White Sox fans should know. They should know that this is a guy we probably shouldn't trust. The amount of times he's wrong, the amount of times that you're like, that sounds like Jerry Reinsdorf talking. The the amount of times that he puts something out there and later you're like, why did I start falling for that crap? And he probably has other owners and people who are executives in Major League Baseball that he gets his information from. So it makes absolutely perfect sense that late last night, right before the midnight deadline, the Monday night, February 28th deadline, that Bob Nightingale is the first one to start tweeting out that all of a sudden they're starting to agree on things. All of a sudden, everything is going to be okay. 
Bob puts out that there's a compromise on a 12-team postseason. That was already proven wrong by like the next morning. Players were holding to that. They wanted only 12. And meanwhile, MLB Network was still pushing 14 teams because they're the voice of Major League Baseball. So there was no compromise there. John Heyman jumps in on Twitter now. John Heyman's not a bad guy when it comes to getting trade news at the deadline, but John Heyman works for MLB Network, and he was right on the propaganda train. In fact, all of MLB Network was on a propaganda train. Brian Kenny stayed up late last night, and they were live. They were mixing in live and pre-recorded repeated segments. Like, if you were paying attention, there were parts of every show as they went on into the morning after midnight that were just from the last hour, and then there was new stuff they were pumping out. But they were sitting in the studio, and they were trying to tell you, this is going to happen. It might happen by morning. Everybody's getting along now. The owners are ready to deal. We're going to have baseball. And now we're finding out from players reacting after everything went downhill on Tuesday is that that's why they ended everything late last night because they were getting pushed into an agreement, they felt. And that it wasn't as close as the propaganda machine was making you feel like it was. I mean, make no mistake about it, MLB Network is MLB. The people that work there are paid by Major League Baseball. When we have on Steven Nelson, White Sox fan who's on Intentional Talk, who's been on this show now a couple times over the years, every time we have him on, he has to go back and get permission and make sure that we're like not in trouble. Like we got to make sure it's all good to come on your show, Chris. And he'll probably never be on again after I point it out. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but people need to understand that's how it works there. It's a very guarded product. It's their product and their people. They, they have to follow the company line. In fact, I've noticed there are some people that work for major league baseball. You haven't heard from probably because they're like, well, I don't want to be like that. So I'm not going to say anything during this. I'm going to stay out of it as far as I can. And, and why do they have to get in there when you have John Heyman pushing that everything is, is really, really close. And you got Bob Nightingale, who's not really with MLB Network, but the owners are using him. You got Harold Reynolds and Brian Kenny. Kenny at night, Reynolds in the morning. This is a great deal. We're really close. They should go to 14 teams. Those young players, if they were in the postseason all the time, think of all the extra money they would make. They're speaking directly to players on the network. And they're speaking to fans, painting a picture that if it falls apart on Tuesday, it's got to be the players' fault. But when you're looking at the numbers and how far apart they are, and you see how little the owners have actually moved, you realize it's propaganda. It's the equivalent of Russian bots on Twitter. It's state-run media on MLB Network. Like, if you ever have to make a decision as to whether or not you can get a lower package for your cable or your streaming or anything like that, and you could save a few bucks and avoid MLB Network, I mean, I'm starting to wonder, what's the point? Because I hate being lied to. And I think most people hate being lied to. And we were bamboozled. We were fooled. White Sox fans, me included, we were stupid enough to go down the Bob Nightingale primrose path last night we got fooled yet again i feel like an idiot I should have just put the show out that i was going to put out when you woke up in the morning it would have still been true but i kept thinking oh man i think they're going to do this and it's all hope they they played on our hope they played on our hope that after a two-year pandemic and a 60 game season in 2020 that it would all work out and we would have baseball on time they played on our hope and they did it in the hopes of turning public perception against the other side of the negotiating table. We're being used. You, me, all of us were being used at this point. Used. 
and it sucks. And it goes back to why I root for the team and not the ownership. Why I love the players on the field and not the front office. I love baseball. And the antitrust exemption has to go away at this point. It should have gone away in 94. That's the only reason why the 94 strike ever got worked out is because that's what was going to happen. There was political pressure at that point. It had to be done. And at this point, the federal government needs to start wondering why we only have one league and why they have all these rules that protect them so they can do this to to the national pastime. Because it isn't even the national pastime anymore. It just keeps dropping behind other major sports who are smart enough not to do this crap. Oh yeah, they're real close. Yeah, really. The CBT, the Competitive Balance Tax Threshold, the thing that we all knew, we talked about on this show, everybody's talked about it. We knew this was a main sticking point. Major League Baseball's best and final offer that was turned down flat by the players. After all this propaganda, $220 million for the first three years, 230 tops in five years. In the fifth year, MLBPA starts at 238 right away and tops out five years from now at 263. The pre-R bonus pool is between MLB's $30 million and MLBPA's $85 million. And MLBPA has come down a lot more than MLB has gone up. Yeah, you're super close. What a joke. The sport I love continues to be destroyed by billionaire owners that don't love the sport. They don't care about baseball and they don't care about you. But they had no problem pulling at your heartstrings on Monday night and Tuesday morning and using their propaganda network and their propaganda reporters, so-called journalists, with giant quotations on either side of them. Last night, the propaganda arm of Major League Baseball told all of us that a deal was close so Major League Baseball could act like it wasn't just their fault or wasn't their fault at all that there was no games on opening day. And nobody with a functioning brain is fooled. Nobody. Not at all. Not one little bit. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Joey Gallo on Monday uh, started a LinkedIn profile uh, like he was looking for another job. I mean, cute. It aggravates me, though. I mean, as much as I, I blame the owners for the bulk of this thing, I, I don't like the cutesiness because, you know, I want to see baseball. So th- all of this is going to annoy me, as cute as it is. Like, he even listed as his skills striking out, hitting into the shift, and getting dressed up weird. Like, that, that was his, those were his skills that he listed on LinkedIn. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, but, but I, I don't want to hear about it because I'm mad at everybody. Like, I'm, like here's the thing. Right. The players, they have the high road because what they're asking for is not out of the question compared to other major sports, right? 
So the, you, it's very easy to slide to the to the player's side here. For a half a second, I might be like, well, that's kind of funny that Bryce Harper put a picture of himself in a Murray Giants jersey and asked them on social media if they were awake. Because in, implying that he would go play in Japan this year rather than accept this deal. But after that, that instant of, well, that's clever, it just... It throws him into the pot that makes me angry. Like in 94, I blamed the players a lot. Okay. The players went on strike and you know, the players are at the forefront. Like I never was at a game where Tom Glavin took the mound where I didn't boo him. In fact, if I saw him in the street and he walked by me right now, I'd boo Tom Glavin because he was out in front and I found him annoying throughout the entire 94 strike, right? As much as I find Jerry Reinsdorf annoying whenever I think of the 94 strike, which is probably why every once in a while on this show, you hear me still go off about Jerry. Like I've never, I've never had a moment where I could take a shot at the owner of the White Sox that I ever passed up on this show. You know what? My anger over 94, it'll always be there. An entire new generation that is about to get like that. Like they are growing another angst filled, angry fan base generation that never existed because all these younger kids, right? All these younger kids, they missed the 94 strike or they were too little for the 94 strike. I vividly remember the fact that my team was going to go win a world series that year and it was ripped away and I blamed everybody. And, and, and every day that this goes on, no matter who has the high road, eventually I will blame everybody again. Right. And most baseball fans will blame everybody. They'll blame the owners. They'll blame Manfred. They'll blame Tony Clark. They'll, they'll blame the economics of it. They'll blame the U.S. government. I remember when we, people were mad that the president didn't step in and fix it sooner. Right. It was becoming a political issue in 94. Like, isn't the government going to step in and fix this? Otherwise, strip them of their antitrust laws. Like the longer this goes on, more people will fall under the microscope and I'll get angry with them. So my advice to Major League Baseball players, especially the rich ones who make a lot of money, shut up, okay? Shut up and keep the high road because your cutesy little tweets, you're just getting on my radar and I'm just getting annoyed with you, all right? And here's the other thing that I noticed, Ed. Have you noticed that it's the rich players that are really vocal? You don't hear guys that are trying to make a team this year all rah-rah about not playing games, do you? You don't hear guys coming off an injury all rah-rah about not playing games, no, because secretly, I think they want to play. Well, and, and the guys who are under guaranteed contracts, unless this thing goes in just an absurd direction to where Major League Baseball is dead and there are new leagues forming and these players are free agents and we go back to the days of having barnstorming teams versus this regional league over here and and. You know, I mean, we kind of have independent baseball now, but you, you get my gist. Unless we get to that point where the, the league is really dead and these players are all out there on their own, the guys under guaranteed contracts, if they skip the entire season this year, those guys are still going to have a job next year if they are under contract. The guys who are going to show up to major league camp on a minor league deal or, you know, just on an invite, or the guys who were, you know, they, they might be under contract right now, but there's no guarantee they're going to make it and that they're going to keep their job. So, you know, from a White Sox standpoint, we don't have a whole lot of those guys to talk about, but you you aren't going to hear some of the minor league guys talk boldly about this because they're not sure that they're sticking around. But you're not going to hear 
you know, Jake Lamb or Billy Hamilton, a guy that, that, you know, had a run last year based on the fact that there was a need on one particular team, but they were never guaranteed a job. You're not going to hear them talking about it because the longer this goes on, some of those guys are going to fall completely off the radar and their careers are going to pretty much be over unless they find themselves in AAA or unless they find themselves with some minor league team, whether it's affiliated or not, you know, you got guys that are just going to never have major league jobs again. And they're not going to care at that point about any of the union stuff because their employment's going to have been just sort of ripped away from them. Don't worry. When it's all over, they're going to set new home run records. New York Daily News yes. is now uh, saying that a doctor who has worked with major league players in the past has informed them that several active players in Major League Baseball have come to him directly this winter to ask how to use steroids as safely as possible since it is no longer technically against the rules since Major League Baseball halted their their testing program on February the 7th. You know what the best part of that is, though? Is that if they use the players' actual head sizes for the helmet nachos, you could feed a family of 50. <laughs> I mean, like... Uh, Ed, is my game dying? Like, is baseball dying right now? Am I watching baseball die? I mean, I know it will never die, but I mean, this is this is bad. Okay, I mean, this is bad. We keep people out of the Hall of Fame for using steroids, but now we're gonna have more steroids coming back into the game. That's gonna be the next thing. We're dealing with a lockout. Like, am I in some sort of a time loop? Does the matrix reset itself every thirty-five years? Like, how does this work? Now, people who forget history are doomed to repeat it. That adage is always true. But really what baseball is, baseball is that beloved family pet that has way outlived the the point where people thought it would be gone and continues to thrive even though when it goes to stand up, it still falls over and occasionally, you know, it, it just pees for no reason in the middle of the floor because it just happened to be standing still for too long and has to gum its food really hard in order to get it down. It's not pretty to look at but it's still there for you and it still will be I, I really do just think that what you have more than anything you don't have the game itself dying what you have is you have a league that failed to understand the lessons of now 30 years ago call it and because of that they are going to learn an all new lesson that they learned 30 years ago and they're going to do it in the most chemically enhanced way possible because they still haven't learned that lesson from 30 years ago. And so, yeah, I actually do think we're in a time warp and it is 30 years ago. You know what the good news is for that is? What? You and I don't have real jobs. We don't have class right now. So let's go out drinking. Here's something I want to talk about that's positive. Socks in the Basement's going to be out at Cork and Carey on Parade Day. Southside Irish Parade coming back in just a couple of weeks on the 13th. We are going to be partying big time at 106th and Western. I was just in the Cork over the weekend. Traditional Irish bar in the Beverly neighborhood. Outdoor patio bar should be lit. I, I'm expecting it. It's going to be, this is what I predict for Parade Day. I predict like mid-40s but sun, and that's like Southside Spring, right? 
that's south side oh, yeah, spring. That's, yeah. Everybody's wearing like a heavy sweater or some sort of a fleece or like a sweatshirt and and like a hat maybe to keep the keep the cool in. There's going to be about four or five guys walking around in plaid shorts because they wear shorts all day, every day, 365 days a year. Those Southsiders will be out there as well. It'll be just warm enough in our hearts that people will be outside and inside at the cork. And they've got plenty of room inside that place. All right. Multiple event rooms for your next party. If you want to have a party there, when I was in there on Saturday, they're having like a wedding party in there. And it looked like it was just an absolute blast in the other room that was next door to the bar area. And then don't forget about cork and carry at the park 33rd in Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark. If we ever get baseball back again, it will be the place pre and post game. It's currently a great place to go have an award-winning burger and grab a pint down in that area at 33rd and Princeton. Learn more. Book your next event, corkandcarry.com. If you don't think attendance will be affected by this, you're crazy. There are still guys walking around who won't go to baseball games because of 94. If you don't think that it's going to affect... Oh, absolutely. Your, your, if you don't, I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now. If, it, if, if you don't think it's going to affect the future of Major League Baseball, you're nuts. It will affect it. I know that people always sit there and they take that 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 stance of, well, who cares? You know, you're still going to instead of making a billion and one dollars, we'll just make a billion. You know, it, it, it's not a big deal. But it, these things are the things that have eroded Major League Baseball over the years. Right now, I'm, I'm actually sitting here, Ed, and I'm looking up independent baseball leagues not affiliated with Major League Baseball that I could watch. Like if they're going to go away, I'm yeah. going to go away. Like, who do we want to root for? We got to decide. Like, there's the nearest independent baseball league that's completely not affiliated with Major League Baseball in any way whatsoever is the USPBL. <laughs> Pay $1,000 if you know who that, what, what that stands for. It's the United Shore Professional Baseball League out of Utica, Michigan. It is the nearest independent, non-affiliated baseball league there is. They have four teams in their league, and they are a non-affiliated professional baseball league. I don't know how professional you are when your your lead picture is a guy in shorts in warmups, but it looks like they wear regular Major League Baseball uniforms and they get a pretty good crowd. So, like, I mean, like, this is where I'm moving at this point. Like, I love baseball, but I, maybe we got to pick a team. Like, are we going to be uh, the Eastside Diamond Hoppers in the basement? The Utica, the Utica Unicorns in the basement? The, the, ooh, the Woolly Mammoths in the basement. Maybe we could be that. I feel like physically we're probably closer to woolly mammoths, but I will say my daughter would love it if we were the unicorns. How about this one? Beavers in the basement. That, that's that got a ring. Uh, we're going to have to have an R rating for that. I have a feeling. I, I watched this. Uh, I watched this show. I was bored. I was sitting around my wife. We did that thing where, where I'm like, what do you want to watch? She goes, I don't care whatever you want to watch. And then I, every time I tried to pick something, she didn't like it. Uh, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. Right. I don't want to watch this movie. There's all these explosions and stuff like that. What about this? Oh, I think that guy's not funny. What about this? I mean, after about the 15th thing, I try to hand her the remote. She goes, no, no, no. Whatever you want. You just turned down 15 uh, things. So eventually, somehow, I was able to just flip on this. Uh, it was a Sundance Film Festival entry, I think, in 2014 about the Portland Mavericks. It's still on Netflix. In fact, while you're going through the lockout, watch this. The Battered Bastards of Baseball. And what's interesting is the guy who owned the team, the guy who created the team, was like the sheriff on the TV show Bonanza or the deputy on the TV show Bonanza who happens to be Kurt Russell's father. So Snake Bliskin or Wyatt Earp from Tombstone, as some of you may know him as. 
Kirk Russell, the, the guy who plays um, uh, Star-Lord's dad in, in the second Guardians of the Galaxy, if you're really young, that guy. His dad started this team in Portland, and he, Kirk played for them, which is crazy. And they were only around for about four years in the 70s. And what happened was Major League Baseball moved one of their affiliates out of Portland. And Portland had no team. And this guy starts, he decides to start a professional baseball team in Portland that's not affiliated. And he gets the Northwest League that has all affiliated minor league teams to play him. He gets into the league, but he's not associated with Major League Baseball. And the whole thing as you watch it is, first of all, they're hysterical. They kick the crap out of all these other all these other teams. They're all cast-offs that like everybody in Major League Baseball thought was washed up or not good enough. They're destroying all these big name baseball players while they're down the minor leagues in, in the 70s. They're, they're, they're crushing these guys. And the reason that they're doing it is because they don't care. They're drinking in the dugout. They they all have like those big 70s mustaches. And they're just they're just a bunch of like 30-year-old guys with like tires around their waist. They're completely out of shape and they're just whooping teams down there for four years. And what the, what it shows is that Major League Baseball hated so much that they were sold out like every game. They set all these attendance records and they were having fun playing baseball that Major League Baseball used their antitrust exemption to retake over the territory four years later and strip Portland of that team to stick a triple A team in there that was just right back to like half of a stadium full and nobody cared about. It's a glorious documentary. Definitely watch it. But we know what it illustrated to me is that baseball was full of uh, petty billionaires back then. And it's full of petty billionaires right now. Like they don't care about the sport. Oh, yeah. They care about the money. And, and, and this thing came out in 2014 and it just illustrates what we're dealing with as fans. We love the game of baseball. The people that own baseball teams don't love the game of baseball. Rob Manfred does not love the game of baseball. The people who actually own the teams don't care about the game of baseball. Like, sure, they got a PR guy that pretends that they, you know, that they do all the history and, oh, we have this rich history. But deep down, they don't love the game of baseball. They love money. And and the, the documentary shows what it was like in the 70s. And I'm sitting there watching it going, nothing's changed. I'm, I'm going through the lockout this week and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, nothing's changed. These are the same jerks. Okay, there might be different names that are in charge of these teams. The same jerks. Okay, the same people don't care about the game. They care about control. They care about money, and they want to crush anybody who who wants to have any fun whatsoever. I I, I watched it. It made me hate the owners even more. <laughs> well, well, and that's not a that's not a, a long distance way to go either. You're right. I, you 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 are talking about a group of people, and it's not even really all people either because if you look at the list of of operating entities of major league baseball teams they are they are of course almost all corporations you know corporate entities partnerships limited liability companies things like that and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but a lot of the, you know almost all these guys came from some other industry right and there's hedge fund guys there's bankers there's real estate guys like Jerry Reinsdorf and the other thing is, is that with the exception really of a couple of them, Jerry included, you know, a lot of them are within the last, well, within this century of purchasing their team and, you know, others are in the nineties. So you have a group of owners here who, who didn't even, you know, you want to talk about not living through 
1995 as a fan, or the fact that there's not a single major league player right now who was around in 1995 as you know anything close to being an organized baseball player because there's some of them weren't even born yet that are on major league rosters, which is you know kind of scary to say. But a lot of the owners weren't even owners at the time when this went through, and even some of the ones that were are guys like you know the the Illich family from the Detroit Tigers. It's it's not the old man. The old man's gone. He was the one that was dealing with it when he bought the team in 1992. It's his kids. You know, it's Hal Steinbrenner. It's not George. So do these guys really love the game or is this just another part of their business portfolio? And that's, you know, that's the question mark. And and even with the players in some, some way, shape or form, you know, you do get to a point where, like you said, with Joey Gallo or with Bryce Harper or some of the other players who are out there tweeting like, you know, trying to add some levity perhaps, but also just trying to basically show that, you know, they are as fearless of losing games as maybe the owners have claimed to be. I I think you have a lot of these guys who are sitting there looking at it going, look, there comes a point where I could leave the game too and I could do something else and I don't necessarily need to go out there and put my body on the line. I don't need to walk around not being able to lift my arm over my head because I've been thrown so much or having this knee yelling at me every day, or having my back hurt, or anything like that, there's probably some alert of that. And I might be, you know, talking out of two at time and, and, and out of left field and, and whatever other places you don't want to talk out of, uh, unless you're Jim Carrey. But basically, we're looking at a bunch of people who are in it for themselves. They want to make sure that they make the most amount of money that they can for themselves and it really isn't about the game. So, yeah, let's go find some more broken bastards of baseball. Yeah. Let's go find some guys who really love the game. Let's go find some guys who are in it because they cannot get the pine tar out of their soul quickly enough. And if you've ever had pine tar in your soul, it's very sticky and it's hard to breathe. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.